Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. How's it going, everybody? This is Catfish on Ice with your hosts, Chad Minton and Max Greenberg. Reacting to another Predators win. Cheers to the Predators. They get back to their winning ways. Max, how you doing tonight, man? Not too bad, not too bad. Just a night, and the good night that the Preds won, so it always makes things better, you know? Oh, it's way better opening these episodes up after a win. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, yeah. um, we're going to oh, really yeah. break down how this game went. The Preds beat the Flyers again, so they sweep the season series against... The Flyers, they win at on the road at Philly. A huge response win after what happened against the Canucks, a team that kind of owns them, that kind of has their number. At least this year. Ugh. Luckily, we don't have to face the Canucks again for at least the playoffs, if we make it that far. But we won't go that far. But, yes, right. so the Predators get a 4-2 to win over the Flyers. They're back in the win column. I say this all the time, the mark of a good team is a team that can turn the page quickly after a really ugly loss. And just, I know that the Flyers aren't the Canucks, but still, you got to flip the page quick and you got to get a quick, get back on the winning track. That's what they did. So big, big, big win there in that regard. We're going to break it down further. Um, some of the standout players from the game. How did that game unfold? What were the big storylines from the game? So we'll get into that. It is our Christmas slash holiday episode. This is our last episode before Christmas. We hope everyone's having a good holiday season. This year has completely flown by. I know people throw that around all the time. It has. But it really has flown by. I feel like I was just celebrating New Year's Eve. I feel like I was just celebrating New Year's Eve and bringing in 2023. And we're already to Christmas again. No, like it it really... I feel like I say this every year, like like when I was in college, especially when I was a senior, it really feels like since COVID happened that things have gone by faster and faster and faster. But 2023 especially feels like it's just been like like that. Oh, yeah. It's just flown by. Even this hockey season's flying by, for real. Um, yeah. So we got some comments coming in. Shashka Tooth Tiger, one of our good friends of the show, says, Hi, guys. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you as well. Mike Twitter jumps in and says, Woo! Like guessing where? that's because of the game that we just witnessed against the Flyers because yeah, it was a little to be in here for another episode. I mean, it was not and, and it was episode. hey that game was a that game was a little in doubt for a little bit there going into the second yeah. period. But we'll yeah. talk oh, about yeah. it more. But since this is our holiday edition, we want to give it a little Christmas flavor here on this uh, Thursday before Christmas, and uh, we're gonna come up with hockey i gift ideas for certain Predators players. It has to be hockey related. It has to be. Yep. In relation to the season we're watching right now, what we want to gift to these players on on the Predators right now, or coaches, you can throw coaches in there as well. So that will be fun. Max has got a few. I've got a few. Um, we will share those gift ideas for our beloved Predators players um, in that segment. Want to shift our focus a little bit going into 2024. Who are some players we're worried about? 
who are some players that we think, oh, we need them to step up their game maybe a little bit down the down the stretch and down the grind of the season because things are going to get tougher. Injuries are going to happen, unfortunately, coming up here very soon. It just always happens. Once you get into January, February, and March, guys start getting tired. It is what it is. You're going to need certain guys to step up. So we'll we'll get into that as well. Also want to pick Max's brain on this one. How do we feel now that we're over 30 games into the Andrew Burnett era? How do we feel about how Andrew Burnett is coaching this team as far as handling certain players and lineups? And more importantly, how do we like if Andrew how Andrew Burnett's handling the younger players on the team? Because that's really the delicate thing that we're yep. that we were hoping for. We're gonna really discuss that as well. Because I think personally, he's done a pretty good job so far. But we'll dive into it. And then finally, we are going to give some of our teams that we would like to see them win the Stanley Cup if it obviously can't be the Predators. I mean, yeah. magical things can happen. But if it can't be the Predators, we I got a couple teams that I would be very happy to see win the Stanley Cup I this year. Too. If Chad, you're muted. Chad, you're muted. Can you hear me now? Yep, I can hear you now. All right, so then what else we got in store here? We got a lot of stuff here. We got a lot of quick bang-bang topics tonight. Oh, sent a, sent a poll out through the Predlines account. Yes. There's been a bunch of polls out there that we got to discuss. There was one that Jay Fresh sent out there as well that was pretty interesting about the top three teams that each fan base dislikes. We'll break down that list. I don't know if you saw that, Max. I did not see that one. It was pretty good. So we'll break down who – the Preds' top three teams, according to his poll, their most hated teams, top three. And then we will kind of break down the poll that we sent out not too long ago because I really want to break down the responses on that. And it's regarding the banner jokes that the Preds fans still receive, but there is a certain historic NBA team that just did the same damn thing, only worse so we'll break down that poll question that I sent out. I'll go ahead and tell you right now what that poll question was. Would you be okay if the Preds had a banner ceremony for winning an in-season tournament just like the Lakers just did in the NBA? So the NBA had an in-season tournament. It really boosted their ratings. I thought it was a yes. good idea, a cool idea. Yep. But the Lakers won the in-season tournament for the NBA and had this huge ceremony, raised a banner for it, like, the whole nine yards on it. And the team, they're like 15 and 12 on the season or something very mediocre overall record. That's way worse to me than the Preds raising a banner about winning the Western Conference Championship over the course of a regular season and a playoff run. You know, I, I did a little bit. Um, I'll just kind of talk about it a little bit now. So I did a little bit of research, mainly consultation. My good friend, Anderson Keithley, and if you're watching this, I mentioned your name. He's a He's probably the biggest NBA fan that I know, and he – the few things he said about it were every Lakers player got 500 K for winning it all, which to these guys is kind of pocket change. But I mean, that's half a million dollars right there. But he said the banner, he said the reason the banner was put up was they want to make it seem legit. So that teams keep trying on year in and year out. And they said it was a huge success. And he said it was in years, the highest ratings for NBA games ever in November and December. So, I mean, if they're going to, if it's to keep it going and if it was a good success, then, I mean, that definitely has some significance. But, I mean, it 
it does kind of look weird to raise a banner for a regular season tournament that's going to have no significance come playoff time. Yeah, I get it. And it was a great idea for the NBA, for yep. sure. I mean, it is a brilliant idea because it was exciting. And I liked how they yeah. did it like every weekend was when they had the in-season tournament games. And, uh, and the courts were, like, designed a certain way and yes. stuff. That was – I mean, that was uh, – kudos to the NBA for coming up with a really yeah. creative idea to get ratings up. But I'm just focused on – the raising a banner is kind of weird for a regular season tournament. But I'll, I'll leave it at that. All right. So, Max, let's talk yep. about this game. Preds win 4-2. to two. They, They're holding tight with uh, – they're avoiding the losing streaks. That's the big big thing. Yep. Got to avoid the losing streaks. If you take a one on the chin, you got to bounce back strong. But big game from Philip Tomasino. Scores two yes. goals. Scores the tying goal and the go-ahead goal. So, big – we've been waiting for Tomasino to just really launch and take off. And it's hard for him to do that because he's playing bottom six minutes. He's not getting yep. that – Top six, he's got line mates with like Michael McCarron and some guys that are lesser skilled offensively, but he's making the most of it. And I think we touched on this an episode or two ago. I said it's all about making the most of the minutes you get, even if it's yes. only 12 minutes a game. And I think Philip Tomasino is finally starting to do that. And it kind of is going to piggyback off how I feel about how Andrew Burnett's coaching the younger players. But that's a perfect example of he's doing a great job of coaching the younger players right now. Because look at how they're responding when they're when they're benched for a game or two. It's happened to Evangelista. When they're benched, they're they're taking it in stride and they're saying, okay, what can we do to play better? And Philip Tomasino looks like a success story right now as this season goes on. When early in the season, it was rock bottom for him. I mean, he was getting healthy yes. scratched. He wasn't he wasn't really playing as well as you would like to see. We were wondering how long is he going to be out of the lineup. And then finally he earns his way back in because Sam Fagimo and Liam Foody didn't work out. So kudos to Tomasino. He just keeps pushing, pushing forward and forging ahead. Happy for that guy to get a couple goals tonight. Yeah, you know, I thought this was had to have been his best game of the year so far. And what's particularly good is, you know, I've and Chad, I don't know how much you've noticed this, although I'm Although I, I've seen other some people that do notice this, you know, one of my biggest criticisms of Thomas, you know, over the past few weeks, even with how much better he'd gotten since the healthy scratches was, it seems like whenever he was like shooting the puck, he didn't get a lot of force on the pucks all the time. It felt like it, feel, it felt like a lot of the shots he's taken, if he's kind of flubbed them on goal. But the game-winning goal he scored tonight, he picked the corner from the slot. I mean, it wasn't like, but it wasn't like terribly far, but it wasn't just like right in front either. Like he had to put a good shot on goal, and. He did just that. So, I mean, you see a guy like that gaining more and more confidence each time he's out there. And to score a game-winning goal like that where you didn't just, like, backhand it in front of anything, that you actually have to shoot the puck, that's got to be just another thing, like I say, building that confidence for a younger player like him who who, who you need to have that going forward. For sure. Yeah, and he's he's such an X factor for this team. If he starts really seeing the puck well and 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 taking those big-time shots and moving better with the puck – and doing what we know he has the talent to do, then that's just another added wrinkle to this Preds offense. Yeah. I mean, you're seeing a game where Ryan O'Reilly didn't make a huge impact. Phil Forsberg didn't score a goal in this game, although he did have five shots on goal. But you see other guys coming in and making an impact when it comes to scoring goals. And that's just the mark of another team that's really 
playing well as a cohesive unit right now. So you see Gus Nyquist gets a goal tonight. Thomas Hino scores twice. And Cole Smith adds another goal. So yeah. you're seeing – Shorthanded goal at that. Yes, you're seeing contributions everywhere. It doesn't have to always be Philip Forsberg and Ryan O'Reilly. It doesn't even have to be Roman Yossi or mm-hmm. – I mean, it's, it's, it's coming from everywhere. Yep. That's a sign of a system that is working. And that's, that's another check in the right box for Andrew Burnett in what he's doing because this team isn't just relying completely on O'Reilly and Forsberg. When those two are really cooking, yeah, the Preds are really hard to beat. But even when they have off nights, there's guys like Philip Tomasino who can step in and score a couple goals like you saw tonight. It's, it's a really big secret weapon for this team. Yeah, and, you know, for me personally, kind of going off, and I'm sure maybe I'm getting a little ahead of myself on, you know, unless we're kind of talking about it right here. But, you know, as far as, you know, how I believe, you know, Brunette's coaching these players, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a little critical sometimes of decisions to, you know, bench certain p- players for games. For example, Cody Glass and Yuso Parson and were healthy scratches tonight. And Parson is one of those players where I'm like, Okay, you got to find a spot for him sooner rather than later. But, you know, but, you know, they're responding well to the um, benchings. And I will say, you know, especially on the defense, you know, one of the one of the main complaints for if Brunette for some people, including myself a little bit, was continuing to scratch Dante Fabro. But it's not like he has easy decisions. Like he even admitted the other day publicly, like saying how how easy it is, how easy is it to kind of sort out the situation on defense with so many guys. And he literally said, clear as mud. Like, it's it's hard because there's so many guys there. And, you know, like it or not, with guys like Luke Shen, who aren't really good, we've said some things about him, and a lot of people in the Preds fan base have been rightfully critical of him. But when you got a guy making $3 million for three years each year, it's hard to just scratch him. I mean, Brunette, yeah, yeah, he's got some tough decisions to make. And I don't I don't love that Fabro's out of the lineup, and I wish he'd find a spot for Parson in. And, you know, I would... I wish the lines, you know, weren't different all the time. I mean, but you know, still, but they're responding well, and and it's not like every decision he has is easy. We got a really good comment here on Facebook from Joel Shanker. Thank you for jumping in the live episode, uh, Joel. He says, "When the game doesn't go their way, this team doesn't fold like they did last year." That is hitting the nail right on the head there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and they and can score their in, way out of games. And let's keep it in perspective. Let's, I mean. Thank you for the comment, Joel. So to kind of go off of that, you're going to have off nights. And I saw yeah. some people freaking out and getting really upset about how how the Preds got beat again by the Canucks. And, yeah, it was a, it was a really hard game to watch. I did yeah. watch it from start to finish. And, you know, I as much as I wanted to turn that game off because it was just so frustrating, it was so hard to deal with, I'm like, no, I'm going to stick with this game until the bitter end here. And it was a really hard game to watch for the Predators. But I went to the you're game. You're gonna have those. You're gonna have those games. I mean, look at the Maple Leafs tonight. They got beat nine to three by the Buffalo by Sabres. a team that lost nine to four the other night. The Golden Knights got beat six to three to the Hurricanes, a team the Preds just beat on the same night that on Tuesday night. So I mean, th- we all know the NHL is anyone can beat anyone. You're going to have off nights. You're not going to just cruise through your schedule and just have a perfect night every night and beat beat up on everyone. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it was a really hard game to watch, but I wanted to really see how they responded and played against the Flyers tonight, and I was semi-worried that they were going to let it spill over into this game against the Flyers tonight. 
And then, then that's when you start thinking, okay, are we about to go through another losing streak here? But no, they squashed that really quickly. Yep. I mean, I don't think the Flyers are necessarily going to be a playoff team, but you still got to show up every game, no matter who you're playing. Yeah. And, you know, that to me also, more maybe even more so than the comment that said, you know, the Preds aren't folding in games that don't go their ways. But when they do lose games in the middle of the losing streaks, even if they're kind of bad losses, they're not letting them affect it affect the next few games. They're picking right up where they left off like nothing happened. And that's a sign of a team that is well coached, that does have their head on straight, even when things don't go the way on certain games. They're picking right back off and going to the next game and getting back to their winning ways that they've been in, in the past five weeks now. Some notes that really stick out for me for this game. So, first of all, big credit to the Preds' defensive structure again in this game. They hold the Flyers to two and a half goals, uh, expected goals. Uh, the power play does go 0 for 5. So, if we're nitpicking yep. here, that's a little – what did you see from the power play tonight, Max? Honestly, there weren't a ton of chances. It wasn't like it was just terrible, but there weren't like a ton. Neither team really had a ton of chances on the power play. And the Preds, even the Flyers, had a five-minute power play when Yakov Trenin got a game misconduct, and the Preds killed it off. And then, like I said, got a shorthand goal with Cole Smith and Colton Sissons contributed. Like I keep I keep saying all the time on Twitter, these episodes, the two best penalty killers on this team made a huge difference again. Mm-hmm. Love it. I don't think we give them enough credit for how good they are on the penalty kill. Cole Smith, that's why Cole Smith is in the lineup. I think we've answered that question. Going into the season, everyone was like, why is Cole Smith in this lineup? Why do they keep giving him starts over, I don't know, it it could be anybody from down in Milwaukee. Why, like, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, because this guy does other things that it's very, very important. You got to have guys like Cole Smith on your team who can – do the things he does on the penalty kill. I mean, that's invaluable stuff. And, you know, I'll, I'll admit that I am I was wrong. I didn't think Cole Smith was going to find his way onto an Andrew Burnett team. Once I saw – once I knew that John Hines was out and Andrew Burnett was in, one of the first players I thought about, like, what's that going to mean for this player? It was Cole Smith for me. I was like, I don't know how he's going to translate to an Andrew Burnett system, but – He's made it work. The guy, yeah. the guy is very valuable in a lot of other areas, including that, and most notably on the penalty kill. And he, his goal scoring has gotten much better as well. Yeah. It's what I talk about too, especially, and that's another sign of a good coach in Andrew Burnett. It's not just one part of the game he's good at being you because you can't be oh because as we said with John Hind, you you can't be overly physical, but you can't just be flashy and that's it. Whereas Andrew Burnett, like I keep saying, pretty much every episode right now is finding a way to make the team do both. And again, that's a sign of a team that, that's a that's well coached. Definitely. All right, let's move along here. More game notes here. Soros, we just mentioned had a had a big bounce back game. You wondered was Kevin Lankinen maybe going to get the start tonight, but no, it was UC Soros. He puts up a .935 save percentage, so he's right back on track yeah. as well makes 29 saves. What did you see from Soros? Do you think he – I did look at the into the analytics a little bit of this game, and he didn't face a lot of high-danger chances. So it wasn't like one of those games where he just completely had to stand on his head. But he did what he had to do, didn't let in any soft goals really. So what did you see from Soros tonight? Well, but first, let me mention, he gave up two goals on the night, but the first goal was otherworldly fluky. It, it was a goal that 
Um, I, it's hard to explain, but it looked like it was in the back corner started. The Flyers guy looking backhand. It took a bounce off one of their players. It literally over the back of the net, off his backside, and into the goal. Like that's just one of those things. You, I don't even know if it was registered as a shot on goal. This one of those things that you just. That's just literally one of those goals. You throw your hands up in the air and be like, you know what? Yeah. That's just, that just happens. You can't mm-hmm. do anything about it. Just like that's just the silliness of the game. Sometimes the puck takes wild bounces. Um, but overall, I thought he was good, and especially in that third period. He made some good saves. There was one save where. Um, the Flyers were on a breakaway, and and I don't even didn't even I don't even look think Saros really knew where it was, but he saved it almost by the skin of his teeth. But yeah, he he came up big when he had to as well. And that he's was a master of that. He's a master. Saros is a master of making those saves where you don't even know if he knows where the puck's at. He just yeah. blindly will flail his body out there and just figure out a way to to make the save. The the guy's flexibility in between the pipes is what makes him a world-class goaltender. He makes up for his size in the way he's can cover so much ground with his flexibility. So yeah, I, it's very refreshing to see Saros bounce back um, after I was singing his praises going into the Canucks game. And then he had such a bad game. I was like, I jinxed the poor guy, but he's back. He's back. Everyone should calm he's down. Fine. Yeah, he's fine. He's fine. Um, so good game from him. We talked about Tomasino to score. Uh, yep. Scores two goals, including the go-ahead goal, and little small little milestone. But Philip Tomasino hits the twenty-goal mark for his Preds career. So Good. many, many more to come. Yep. His second game-winning goal of the season. Philip Forsberg didn't score a goal, but he still stuffs the stat sheet. Two more points, yep. two assists for Forsberg tonight. He's up to thirty-eight points in thirty-three games. That puts him on an eighty-two-game pace for ninety. Four points. Very, very close to Roman Yossi's single season franchise record. And he had a nice assist on, and I I would I think they gave him the assist, but he was one of the guys that um helped spring Thomas Uno's first goal. He had a nice and it was a secondary assist if it was, but he still did it register as a point for him tonight? Um I think so. Yeah. If I'm yeah, looking yeah, at that must have been it, that must have been it. Yeah, it was a yeah, he puts up two assists on the game. So I didn't I didn't even see the second one, but yeah, he had a um nice assist on again. It was a secondary assist, but it started secondary from assist, the neutral yeah. it started from the neutral zone that he he um gave it to Novak, and then Novak had an, had an even better dish to Tomasino, and that set up the goal to tie it up in the second period. And it was also like 30 or 30 plus seconds after the Flyers took the two-one leads, so it was a nice response there and the Right from then, it felt like the Preds really didn't look back. So Forsberg's got 22 assists on the season, and so I think we're all focused on his goal scoring. But Forsberg's never been like a heavy assist machine no. in his career. I mean, uh-huh. I mean, he can put up assists here and there, but he's he's always been the pure goal scorer, right? Get him, get yep. him free, get him loose to where he can fire off that wrister, and that's where he's always made his bread and butter. But I mean, he's up to 22 assists. This season, his his career high for a season in assists is 42, which was the year he put up 84 points in 2021-22. Other than that one year, he's got one season where he put up 38 assists. He's got a lot of seasons in his career where he did he barely he didn't even hit 30 assists for the season. He's usually been in the mid 20s to upper 20s in assists for a season, and he's already up to 22 assists. Yeah, that's. That's so crazy is, for a guy he, becoming more well-rounded. As long as he can stay healthy, the dude is cruising to easily break his 
single season career high for assists in a season. He's seen he's seen the ice in a different way. Um, and that again could probably be a product of Andrew Burnett's system. I would say. Yeah, probably. Uh, moving along here. With it. Moving along here. Colton Sissons. We just got a really good comment again from Joel, our new uh listener and viewer on Facebook. Joel says that the unsung MVP this season is Sissons. He's doing everything. And he had a great he had a great assist on the game winning goal for Tomasino. Like that that was him who set it up. Yeah. I mean and the and the shorthanded goal. Another great night for him. And he wins 10 faceoffs tonight. Yeah. I mean, he really does do a little bit of everything. The only thing that Sissons has never really become is a heavy goal scorer or anything like that. But he's even doing that this year. I mean, tonight he was second on the team and expected goals for behind Gus Nyquist. So he's generating offense. It's not just the little things that he's doing this year. He's doing a little bit of everything, so very good comment. And then our friend J.W. Hood, who I've definitely interacted with a bunch on Twitter and X before, jumps in. Thank you uh, for jumping in on X in the comments. He says, Forsberg overall game has really come along. Goals, assists, and physical play is on right now. Yes. He is racking up the hits. He's right about physical play. Definitely. So, yeah, Sissons has two assists on the night. He's 12 points shy of his career high of 30 points in a season. So, Max, do you think Sissons will set his own personal career high of points in a season? I would say so. <laughs> he's cruising there. I mean, I, I, I would say so. I mean, he's definitely on pace for that. But the only thing that kind of gives me a little reservation is Sissons is one of those types of players where he could go on like a 10 game drought where he doesn't put up any points. He, he's just not always. But I think. I think that Sissons playing in certain parts of the lineup has definitely boosted his offensive value. And he's been consistent for two months. And like two two months of the season is where you're looking and be like, hey, that's just who he is so far this year. And I mean, it's not, and it's, yeah, like it's, it's not the point in the year where you can say like, oh, maybe it's a fluke. Like he's been doing it the whole year. He's been doing good things. This comes off as a little bit of a surprise. So, looking at the defense, no, none of our defensemen register a point tonight. They didn't even have to get in on the offense tonight. And it was an uh, eleven. It was a, it was a, a seven defenseman night too. Yeah. So you're looking at the time on ice. We keep talking about Luke Shen. He's only getting thirteen. He got thirty. He got less than thirteen minutes of ice time tonight. So, um, him and Fabro got the least amount of ice time tonight. Uh, but of course, Roman Yossi leads the way with 24 and a half minutes of ice time. McDonough gets 21 minutes and then it's spread out there. Tyson Berry gets back into the lineup. Um, so I guess those, well, right now there's a roster free, so you can't make any trades anyway, but, um, yeah, we'll have to keep an eye on that still, but, um, yeah, so good vibes here for the Preds. They get a win. Yep. They're still in that top wild card spot, even though I know it's way too early to even look at that, but. They're in the top wild card spot with a 19, 14, and zero record, 38 points. Four points ahead of the Arizona Coyotes, who have the next wild card spot. You look at the standings in the Central Division. Stars have just taken first place. They're at 42 points. Winnipeg 41, Colorado 40, and then of course the Predators are at 38. So they're right there, right there. Yeah, they're, they're and they continue, continue to push. And again, they still have the most amount of games played, but. But at some point, if you even if you have teams that have games in hand on you, if you're winning your games, that's all that matters. And 
no one's going to criticize you. No one's going to penalize you. Maybe the standings a little bit for tiebreakers, but no one's ever going to get, you're never going to get penalized for winning enough games. Well, getting these regulation plus overtime wins are, are really big as well. Yes. They're not having yes. to rely on, they're not having to rely on getting overtime points like in losses. They're, they're winning their games in these, you know, situations instead of having to take a loss in overtime and only getting a point, um, which can definitely make a huge difference um, in the tiebreakers. Yeah. I mean, and that, that matters, like getting regulation overtime wins, that's going to matter in the standings later on and not having games go to shootouts. So, because if you look at the tiebreaking procedure, the, fir the, the first tiebreaker after you get past the fewer number of games played, the first tiebreaker is regulation is the greater number of games won, including games won in overtime. So it's your regulation wins. That is your number one tiebreaker in yep. the standings. So as the Predators build up more regulation wins, it could end up being a huge difference maker once a tiebreaker may come up. Absolutely, yeah. Lindsay, I'm playing Lindsay in fantasy hockey this week in the <laughs> Catfish and Ice Fantasy Hockey League. And she says, Chad, this matchup in fantasy is going to come down to Saturday, which I think that's the last day of the week for the matchup. I haven't even I'm looked at it who, today. I'm trying to figure out who am I playing. I'm trying to look and see who I'm getting from. Whoever Crosby skill, well, Crosby skills and Nash, I they're all nine. Ouch! I will let all the I will let all the people know because they have a right to know. My team, Lasagna Mania, did take down Roman's Empire, which is Max's team, this past week in fantasy hockey. That is correct. Yep, and that was a close matchup. I was sweating that one. It was close. I'm trying to see who I'm trying to remember and see what that one. Oh yeah, a twenty point difference. Yeah, that that was pretty close. Oh, Lindsay's beat me by twenty six points right now. So, um, Lindsay's team is called the Brady Bunch, and she is uh, taking it to me right now. So, I better um, not collapse, but I'm winning mine by um, granted my opponent's zero and nine, but I'm <laughs> winning right now by almost sixty points. Who is God? I hate to expose whoever it is. Who is Crosby, Skills, and Nash? I, I don't remember. It's uh, Liz. Liz. Oh, sorry. Liz. Liz the goalie. I was with her at the game the other night, so that was fun. Well, you got to remember, this is a dynasty league, so she's, she yep. might get the number one pick next year. Yeah, She might be true. playing for draft picks at this point, just like our Tennessee Titans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be there this Sunday again, Christmas Eve. All right. Let's get into our holiday Christmas segment of Catfish and Ice episode 214. What are we giving to Preds players this Christmas. What do we want for press players? I'm going to start with Phil Forsberg and what I want him to get for Christmas in 20 and going into 2024. Yeah. I want for I already alluded to this earlier. I want Forsberg to get the top spot in the franchise single season record for goals. I want to want him to overtake Matt Duchesne on that list. No offense to Duchesne. I, he is so going into tonight's game against the Flyers. I know he didn't score a goal tonight. Forsberg was on pace for 41 goals, so he is just shy of Duchesne's record, but he's still very much attainable. I would love for Forsberg to get that for Christmas in 2024. He I want a little more list. I want a little more specific route, partially because we this was one that we and. Grant, Chad and I did not discuss most of these. Most of these we did not discuss, but this is one we did discuss a little. So I decided partially because I decided to be a little different, but 
a little more specific. I said, I want I want to see Forsberg for Christmas get more power play snipe goals. It feels like we haven't oh, yeah. seen enough of those snipes. I mean, granted, that's that's a bit nitpicky because he overall he's been very good, but I want to see some more of those like shots from near the blue line, those shots that we know Forsberg is capable of. He had one early in the year, I believe it was against the Rangers, and it was a beautiful shot. I want to see more of those. Because those get me oh, out of my chair. Well, well, that's that's not even a gift for Forsberg. That's a gift for all the Smashville fans. Yeah. Yeah, for, for sure. I want to see Forsberg take over that record from Duchesne, though. I mean, they were going toe-to-toe that season anyway, and Forsberg is the career lifelong national predator, whereas Duchesne, I don't know. I just – I don't want to see Duchesne on the top of that list anymore. I want Forsberg to take it. He 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 earned it. He he's earned it. it. It deserves to be his. If he can stay healthy, he's got a really strong chance to beat forty three goals this year. Um, so let's see what happens there. Yep. All right. My next one is related to UC Soros. What do I want UC Soros to get? I want UC Soros to get more clarity on his long-term future with the Nashville Predators. That's a good one. That's a good one. Because they are all human. And I'm not saying it's going to affect his play or that he's thinking about it too much. But as his contract gets closer and closer to being being expiring, you can't tell me he hasn't at least thought about it. And... I know he wants to be a Nashville forever. He wants to follow the footsteps of Pecorine, but we don't have clarity right now. And that's going to kind of take us to a little mini segment as we go through here. And that is we're seeing the rumors bubble back up right now regarding Soros being linked to the Edmonton Oilers who still have all of those goalie issues right now. Oh. I mean, the, the Oilers – could look could seriously be a one of the top Stanley Cup contenders if they got UC if they were to get UC Soros, you know how many people would would put the Oilers as their top Stanley Cup contender? I mean that's if the Preds wouldn't demand McDavid in return. Only joke. Yeah, well that's not gonna happen. <laughs> I read an but article yeah, no, from seriously, that- I mean that that lack of goaltending has plagued them so long. And people thought it was kind of solved going to last year's playoffs because Stuart Skinner has started to play pretty well. But come playoff time, not at all. I mean, you're not going to win. A, you're most likely not going to win a Stanley Cup with a Stuart Skinner. A what, Who's the other ones playing for them? Jack Cal Pick- in the Cal, Pick- well, Cal Pickard or Picard. How do you pronounce his last name? Cal Pickard. I think it's Pickard. Um, I didn't. I didn't even know he was on. I. I I'll straight up admit. I. I don't even know who their, their other goaltender was besides. Campbell. That's their goalie tandem right now because they sent Jack Campbell down to the minors. Yeah. So they're a mess, and there's not a lot of goalies out there for them to really shop for. So you're going to keep hearing these rumors about UC Soros for the foreseeable future until the Predators give him a new contract extension. These rumors are not going to go away. I know fans are going to get sick of hearing about it. They're going to sick, get sick of reading these articles about it. But they're warranted. I mean, I read an article on the Hockey Writers about this, linking, uh, talking about what would a trade look like if – and they were saying that since the Oilers are so far up against the salary cap, they would definitely have to give a massive haul back to Nashville, not just high-end draft picks, but definitely a couple prospects. Yep. And – and they would have to um, figure out a way to get rid of Jack Campbell's contract because he's the one that's eating up a lot of money because um, 
he cleared waivers, which is probably not what they wanted. You, they didn't want Jack Campbell sticking around. They stuck him on waivers hoping somebody would claim him, and it didn't happen. And predictably, no one did it. Like, why would they? So I think just looking at this situation, Trotz doesn't have to be in a hurry here. Um, but he's going to have to start really thinking about how he's going to handle this because he might not ever get a better offer for Soros than what the Oilers are going to give them. Yeah, I mean, and it would be justified for the Oilers, honestly, because that team is built to win now. Absolutely. Their, their, their window is not going to – their chance will not get any better because McDavid and Dreisaitl are free agents very soon, and you would think they're going to resign them, but they're going to – especially Dreisaitl is going to get – way more money on his next contract. So they got to make it happen very soon if they are going to. Non-negotiable for me. If you're trading Soros to the Oilers, they got to send us at least a one first round draft pick. Oh, my maybe, God. Yeah. maybe two. Give me, you better give me a couple really highly touted prospects as well. No, you're not trading Soros to anyone unless you hurt whoever you're trading with. But the Oilers are in a position because they are in a win now mode and they are desperate right now that they would probably overpay for Soros a little bit, more so than another yes. team might be willing to. Yes. But we still don't even know if Trotz is willing to entertain it. I mean, he most of the sentiment we've gotten is that he's not. And there's no way. I, I couldn't see Soros. I couldn't see Trotz trading Soros before the deadline with where the Predators are, no. are contending right now. Nope. It would be there's in the no offseason, I would think. It'd have to be in the offseason. And you might miss your window to get a really good return for Soros at that point. So it's kind of like, as long as the Predators keep winning, they're not going to, to do any type of heavy sell-offs at this deadline. They don't have no reason to. Tyson Berry's your one guy. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, I mean, other than I, that, I, they're going to keep this team together because it's, it's what's working, and they've got salary cap room, so they don't have to really worry about shedding any salary cap right now with any of these players. Um if anything, I could see the trot sitting out the trade deadline and not doing much of anything. I would almost rather him see him do that at this point, but we're still a ways down the road. Yeah. But you're going to keep hearing these rumors about Soros. I just don't see it happening unless the Predators just really fall apart in the next month. No, I, I, I'm with you. I'm going to be pretty shocked if he got traded. Now, now, if things completely change sort of deadline, the Preds are losing, yet Soros is playing well, then I guess that's a different discussion. But as long as things keep going where they are now. I don't see a, I don't see a move happening. I think Soros is going to be here. But the, the Oilers fans, they can keep dreaming as much as they want. Hey, hey can't blame them. Let them dream. Can't blame um, them. So, yeah, that's what I want Soros to get for Christmas for 2024. I want him to get more clarity on his future with Nashville. Um, get that contract extension. I know it's going to be a big pay raise, but, hey, he's your franchise goalie. You got to pay the man. Yeah. So what's your next one, Max? For um for sorrow, or you want me to go with sorrows? Uh, whoever you have, yeah. If you have yeah. yours for sorrows, yeah. Sorrows, mine, mine for sorrows was not that good. I'll go kind of quickly. I said, and again, you never know because bad things happen. But he has been pulled a few times this year, and I'm gonna say, just don't get pulled again this year. Hopefully, oh. don't doesn't happen. That's a really good wish for you to have, Max. But probably not gonna happen. I know. For some reason, when sorrows has bad games, he picks really bad games to have. Like sorrows never has like kind of a bad game. I feel no, like when they, Soros has a bad game, it's always really, really bad. He never has like these in between games where, right. yeah, you looked kind of, you looked kind of rough there, but it wasn't that bad. No, it's either one extreme or the other with Soros. 
he'll probably get chased again at some point this year. Well, actually, kind of going to the next one, kind of along the same lines as Soros, I said for Tyson Barry, let's just find a trade partner after this roster freeze and let's just get this done for every. It's not even Christmas present just for one. Barry. This is just for everybody involved. Let's just find a trade partner and get this over with. Yeah, because, I mean, I'm sure Tyson Berry doesn't like playing for a team that he knows he's not going to be with very much longer. He wants to figure right. out where he's going to go. I'm sure he really badly wants to go to a Stanley Cup contender Absolutely. because he's getting towards the end of his NHL career. I'm sure yeah. he really doesn't want to get traded to a team like the Blackhawks or anything like that, but he yeah. definitely doesn't want to keep playing in this limbo, in this gray area for a franchise that he knows he's not part of the long-term plans anyway. So that'd be a great gift for Tyson Berry. And it would be a good yeah. gift for the Preds franchise too, because they could make more space to get up Spencer stats, yes. which is what I really want. Absolutely. Yeah. That I, I pretty much like a lot of times when I'm on Twitter, I'll be posting what I like line of projections, what I want to see from the team. And still every line of projection I have pretty much has Spencer Stastny in there. Like I, I just can't, oh, yeah. my commitment to putting Stastny in that lineup, pretty much everyone else is pretty much undeterred. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stastny is a perfect fit for the way the Predators play. Absolutely. He's got to be in there. He's, and he's young. He's part of your future. He's a draft pick of this franchise. Got to get him up there. You got to yes. find a way to get him up there. So that would be good for all parties involved. If you can just, you know, not even worry about what you're going to get in return, just move on from him. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I'm not, and, I, and I've been saying all along, like, you're – you're probably not going to get anything in good in return for Barry, and you just have to be okay with that. Yeah. I got a couple more here. Let's move to the head coach. Let's move to Andrew Burnett. Yep. So this is pretty crazy to me, but I, I kind of knew it was true, but I still wanted to go back and double-check to make sure I was correct on this. The Predators have never had a Jack Adams award winner, which is the NHL's best coach for that year. Never had one. I wasn't certain. I couldn't remember exactly if Barry Trotz had ever won one for the Predators, but he never did. He won the Jack Adams twice in his career, but they one was with the Washington Capitals in 2016. The other was with the New York Islanders in 2019. I'm kind of surprised by that, that Trotz never won the Jack Adams for the Predators because he coached some really good Preds teams. A couple teams had over 100 points for the season. Um that kind of surprised me, even though I kind of remembered that that was true. That's still kind of surprising. So my gift for Andrew Burnett for 2024 would be that he could be the first head coach in Preds history to win the Jack Adams Award. So for this and kind of a lot of for a lot of these um, Christmas wishes, I kind of took a little different route. Like maybe like for some of them, you could kind of say like oh, I want these for the players, but some of these I said. I want to see these from the players or coaches, whatever. And for Brunette, I was That's fair. I, this was That's fair. this was one of those. And I'm not sure how well you've noticed this, but I was I noticed this, especially at the game the other night. And I was talking to Liz during the game, and she says she noticed the same thing. The Preds this year have had a slightly alarming amount of too many men on the ice penalties. I don't know if you've seen that a ton. I That's one area where I'm kind of critical, and I want Brunette and this team to kind of figure that out because that can't happen. Like even when mm -hmm. with a first year head coach for this team, you got to have that under control. You can't be messing up these line changes. You, you got, you got to just make sure you don't, you keep your men on five men on the ice the whole time. Like you can't, that's not something you can be careless with. 
I mean, it's going to happen every now and then, but it can't become a trend. And unfortunately, it does look like it's become a trend a little bit for this team. Some of that might have to do with the youth. Some of that might have to do with um, there's just there's just still a lot of learning and growing development that's going on with this team right now. But it's something they definitely got to get out of their system quick because the last thing you want is to be going up against a really, really elite power play and you gift them a power play because of your own um, lack of awareness. And then that's how you lose a game, a really critical game against a team like, I'm just thinking, like a team like the Avalanche. Let's say you – you're you're right there to in a tie game late in the third period, and you have one of those mental uh, gaffes that puts that gifts the Avalanche a power play, and then they make you pay, and then you lose a game that way. That can't happen. It's one thing yeah. if a team goes out and beats you because they were just better. You can't be losing games because of your own self inflicted errors. And too many men on the ice, that is a self-inflicted wound. That's almost as bad as when you carelessly knock the puck over the boards. Yeah, I mean, that's, delay again. again, that's just one of those things where, you know, we, you know, we, and I'm, I'm guilty of this, believe me, you know, we expect a lot out of, you know, coaches in all sports, but there are certain things that coaches are just expected to have under control above all else. And that for by and large, too many men on the ice. That that's one of those things that you just gotta have under control. Like that's one of those things that's almost like a prerequisite. And maybe that's getting a little harsh, but like you can't again, you can't let it happen as often as the Preds have had it happen this year. And ultimately, I gotta blame the head coach for that. So I'm so I'm telling you right now, though, if 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 the Predators were to make the playoffs and finish with a really really good record then Andrew Burnett's going to get a lot of talk about deserving the Jack Adams yeah. award. The closest because... call I can remember for the Preds having was Peter Laviolette's first year. I was positive for a long part of that year he was going to win, but until March happened, the Preds just started losing games. I was like, man. I mean, a lot of times they give the Jack Adams award to like the, the – it's like they don't even think about it that much. They're just like, oh, give it to the coach that coached the President's Trophy team or something. And I'm like – can we think about it a little bit more? I think sometimes the coach who did more with less yeah. deserves a better look. You know, in the way, at least for now, the way Brunette's coaching this team um, in his first year with a lot of new players and veterans and and the improve the noticeable improvements they've shown, if they can keep this up and they were to make the playoffs, um, he would deserve a lot of consideration for that award. So, yeah, absolutely. I definitely yeah. think he's making more of less, especially with how young and inexperienced a lot of these players are. 100% he's making more to less right now. There's no denying it, I think. Here's my last one here for Christmas gift ideas for Preds players going into 2024. My last one is perfectly goes along with what happened tonight against the Flyers. I This was a late submission. This was a late – I threw this in right before we went live. I want Philip Tomasino to get himself a new multi-year contract with the Predators. Wow. Put that to rest. His ELC is up. He's playing to get a really good contract, a couple years at least, maybe longer, um, judging by how he performs this year. So he's going to be a restricted free agent in the offseason. Yes, everyone expects him to be re-signed, but that's still a lot to be determined. I would love for Philip Tomasino to work out with this organization. I would love for him to continue to show improvement throughout this season and really give the confidence to the Predators front office to re-sign him 
for two to three years at least, a multi-year contract. It would be his first NHL standard contract of his career. It would solidify that original draft pick they made of Tomasino that really got things cooking. The whole youth movement really got cooking when Tomasino was drafted. Yeah, absolutely. You know, if he continues playing like he did, he's playing so far in these past few games, you know, he'll probably get one, you know, especially maybe for two more years or so. That'd be great. One of my one of my ones, and I think you agree with this. I think pretty much everyone is going to agree with this. A Christmas wish for for a player. Give my man Dante Fabro some more playing time. I swear. Oh, that's good. And here's here's an interesting part thing. So, and this was flying over Twitter. Even I had a buddy send this to me. Um, if you like, there's always kind of charts, like kind of these analytics with these players. And I forgot exactly where this came from, but. This was accounting for his offensive game, his defensive game, and his transition, and it's a scale of 0 to 100. Dante Fabro is a 93 overall. Wow. 93. Play the man some more. I'm telling you. You got to get Tyson Berry out of there first before you really know yeah. how this Preds defensive corpse is going to take shape. Yeah. It's, I hate to come down yeah, hard it, on – Tyson Berrigs, it's not really his fault, but until he's moved out of the, of the lineup, yeah. it's hard to really know ultimately what this um, Preds defensive lineup is going to look like. Absolutely, yeah, you gotta, yeah, you gotta. But again, as as Andrew Brunette said, it is not easy decisions he has, and we, you know, as the fans here, we you know think it's easier than it is, but he's got hard decisions to make. I mean, yeah, there's no denying it. Yeah. All right. Let's move on here. Let's move on to our DraftKings scriptory. That was our Preds Christmas gift ideas going into 2024, our holiday wishes for some key Preds players. That was a lot of fun. Um, before we move along here in episode 214 of Catfish on Ice with Chad Minton and Max Greenberg, let's tell you about our amazing sponsor, DraftKings, and we continue to have an awesome NHL offer for you. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. So we got some good matchups coming up for you on on this Friday here. So let's tell you about some of them and what DraftKings is telling us about, about these matchups. All right, we got the Flyers. They're on a back-to-back after losing to the Predators tonight. They're at the Detroit Red Wings. And they are slight underdogs going into that game. The Oilers play at the Rangers. That might be your matchup of the night to watch right there. That That's is. a good one. The yeah. Rangers are your favorites. They're playing at home. You got the Jets at home against the Bruins. That should be a good one. The Bruins yeah. are the road underdogs in this one. That's surprising. And your, and your final matchup of the night, the Montreal Canadiens play – at the Chicago Blackhawks. That's a virtual toss-up, according to DraftKings. So those are your four matchups for – or five – yeah, four matchups for Friday night hockey right before Christmas. So get in on DraftKings right now. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting. Just $5 on hockey. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner 
of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y. That's six. That's four six seven three six nine. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call eight 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 seven eight nine seven 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 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort. Twenty one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire one hundred and sixty eight hours after issuance. CDKNG dot com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming gaming resources nhl and the nhl shield are registered trademarks of the national hockey league copyright nhl 2023 all rights reserved all right so we're being positive about a lot of these players with those gift ideas let's shift to the negative who are we worried about going in to 2024 I think the most obvious choice that a lot of people are going to say in this scenario is our guy, Cody Glass. Yeah. And, you know, that was going to be my Christmas gift for him. Just, you know, stay healthy first and foremost. You know, even last, um, not not last night, obviously, but um, a few nights ago um, in the Washington game against the Washington Capitals, towards the end of the game, he was kind of tackled on the ice. It looked like a dirty play, honestly. And he looked a bit shaken. Luckily, nothing was serious, but. Man, he just hasn't really gotten much going, and yeah, the injuries are affecting it. But one way or another, you gotta you gotta get it going. I mean, yeah, I don't know really what else to say there. But again, it really all starts with just staying healthy and stacking a few games together. But yeah, it's been it's it's whether how, however you slice it, it's not been a good year for Cody Glass. He scored a goal in garbage time against yep. the Canucks. Yep but he's only got two points in 14 games this year. And I realize that that is a little skewed because he has battled with two injuries that put him on injured reserve. And he's still trying to work his way back into the lineup. He never really got to get comfortable in Andrew Burnett's system. Like all these other players have had time to do. So it, it shouldn't be too much of a shock, but you definitely want to see him start really, taking some form and start making some things happen in, in the next month or two, because he's important. He's a, he's a true prototypical center and the Preds need him for the future. Thank God they got Ryan O'Reilly out there making things happen. Um, and, and you got, you got Novak out there who can make things happen at center, but you really, really need Cody glass to break out of this slump. Eventually you do. Yeah. You can only, you can only you can only use the injury excuse for so long. You gotta some point, you know. And you know, one thing you know that ultimately comes down to it's something I've started to kind of you know in the past in the past you know, little and you know just over and over as I've watched sports, I've just kind of realized you know the reality factor is if great players are great players, they're gonna put it together no matter what. And you can you know for Glass, you know, of course we're gonna give him the benefit of the doubt for a good for a little bit, but. If things don't turn around in like a month or two, like you said, then you really got to start thinking, okay, this is not good. Yeah, so that's that's an easy choice to be worried about is Cody Glass. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Um, another player, hmm. I mean, it's really hard to find weak links with this team. I will say that. But 
I'm not really worried about the player's play, but I am worried about it if, if this is this player's last year with the National Predators, and that is Yakov Trenin. I don't see how the Predators are going to be able to re-sign all of their free agents. No, they're not. Really. They're not going to be able to re-sign everybody. So, especially if you got a Soros re, re, uh, a contract extension being in the works right now. So, as much as th- – it could be a situation where the Predators – don't want to lose Yakov Trenin, but they might lose him. They might not be able to pay Yakov Trenin and what he wants in the offseason as an unrestricted free agent in 2024. So I'm worried about this could be the last go-around, the last few months that I see Yakov Trenin in a Preds uniform. And, I mean, you never know what's going to happen because, you know, I guess you don't know who's going to be signed and all that, but I think it will be, to be totally honest with you. I mean, it's hard to – I mean, you're. I mean, not. You're going to lose some players just for nothing. That's kind of how the sport goes. And for a guy like Yakov Trenin, it is a guy who's played well. He's a great role player. But you know what? You know, we all we go back to what Barry Trotz said. He's always saying, "Look, look, I can get bottom six guys pretty much anywhere." And you know, Yakov Trenin, you know, he'll find a team and he deserves being in the league. But I mean, you, you, when you got all these, you know, young younger guys in the lineup who need to get spots you know for you know Yuso Parson was another guy I was thinking I kind of mentioned earlier a guy you need to really find a spot for you know going forward and again you like you just can't keep everyone and you, you know and everyone. Trenton one is one of those guys unfortunately might end up being collateral damage and we haven't really touched on it much but Yakov Trenton could be a trait on the trade block sure coming up at yeah. the deadline there's a Especially- lot of teams out there there's a lot of teams out there who would show interest in in, a, in adding a Yakov Trenin to their playoff roster. Yeah, and you know this is hypothetical, but especially come two months from now, if we got a guy like I don't know Joachim Kemmel who's ready to get his chance at the NHL level, then you that's one other guy you got to get out of the lineup. And why? And if you and if and if Kemmel comes in and starts playing really well, you got no you got to free up a spot. Why wouldn't you try and get a an asset or two for Trenin? Yeah. Yeah, it could, it could be – I see it going to be very difficult. I, I could definitely see Yakov Trenin being the odd man out and even being traded at the 2024 deadline. Um, but if nothing else, I don't know how he gets another contract with Nashville because he's going to deserve a, a, a little bit of a pay raise. And I don't know yeah. if the Predators are going to be willing to budge on that. And there's going to be other teams out there who would probably will be willing to pay Trenin in the offseason. And not trying to trash Trenton, not at all, but just by virtue of the Pred situation, I don't know that they really should. It's going to be tough. Yep. Um, it's low hanging fruit, but everyone's worried about Luke Shin and that contract. Um, <laughs> I think everyone just kind of ready to admit that that was just a failure <laughs> and move on. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, definitely worried about that. Um, every time he has the puck and he's trying to get out of the exit, the zone. He just looks so slow. He looks like he's moving in quicksand. Um, I just hold my breath every time he's getting pressured for the puck and he's trying to get out of the zone. And I'm just like, here comes a, here comes a turnover. Here comes a, you you know, the meme from the office where it's Steve Carell, just like, yeah, that's 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 me every time Luke Shen gets the puck. I'm like, Oh my God, what's going to happen? The only thing Shen has going for him is he's such a big body that sometimes it's hard for people to bully him off the puck. But yeah, my God, it, it's it's some it's just really hard to watch trying to get him out of the, it is. Out of the zone. And just sometimes. from the fact alone that as we talk about Andrew Brunette's system is one where you got to be able to skate 200 feet, and Shen is not an effective skater, and that's not 
and that, and there's other things you could change. That's not one thing that's going to change. Unfortunately, he's going to be slow. Yeah. Here's my last player that I'm a little worried about. I'm, I'm semi worried about. I'm not freaking out over it, but starting to worry a little bit. I don't think Kevin Lankinen's looked as strong as he did last year in the backup role. I agree. And that was actually going to kind of be my Christmas, Christmas wish for him to just pick it up a little more. I mean, he's, we last year we thought of Soros and Lincoln as one of at minimum a top three goalie goalie tandem. And, and they had almost identical numbers. Yeah, and then Lincoln this year just I mean Soros obviously started started pretty badly, but Lincoln has not really had together, and some of it could be not playing enough games. I don't know, but regardless, he has not looked quite the same as he was last year. And he's another player that I could definitely see being traded. And I think it would yeah. be smart to trade him. I, it's going to be hard to change my mind on that one. Yeah, especially if a, if they're ready to give a score of some games coming into deadline time. Why not see what you can get for Lincoln? and Trade him for a mid to late round draft pick and move yeah. on. Yeah. Get a fifth rounder, get a fourth rounder, get something like that, um, and 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 let and call up uh, Askarov. The only thing that that would keep them maybe give them pause from doing that is if they don't trust Askarov to step right. in and back up duty. And I, I mean, I don't watch every Admirals game, but I do know that he's kind of been average this year. Hasn't been lights out, but hasn't been completely awful. Uh, I think he's got like a. 0.905 save percentage, something like that. He's like seven and six overall, like a 2.8 goals against ever. So it's not awful, but it, you kind of want to see a little bit more dominant numbers from him on the AHL level because the skill level obviously explodes when you get to the NHL level. And he's only got one NHL start to his career. So if 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 it's in the Preds' plans to call him up next year as Saros' full-time backup, you kind of need to start seeing what you got in him now. Yeah. But I you mean, can't do that with Lankinen. So trade Lankinen for just a draft pick. Just give me a mid-round draft pick. I'll be fine with it. And then we we get a scarb up here. We get him a handful of starts to close out the season. And who knows? Maybe he goes out there and really shows out in the few starts he gets. That gives you the confidence you need to take him into next season as Saros' backup. You go from there. Yeah, I mean – me personally, I wouldn't say that you should expect a guy like Lincoln to be traded deadline because, and I say this because I don't really watch Admirals games, but the sentiment I've gotten from people that I know watch and I trust is that we got to get this thought of a score of coming up anytime soon out of our heads. They say like, it's going to take some time. Wow. Well, that's, that's a good point too. Well, and granted, this is, I haven't really addressed that in a while, but like this was, you know, back in kind of towards the end of last year and for a goaltender, especially it doesn't just change like that in like six months. And if that's the case, then you definitely give Soros a contract extension. And then you let him kind of, you let Askarov go the similar route that Soros went behind Pecorine. Yeah. Yeah, Soros Soros went behind Pekka for a couple, for a few years before he became the full-time starter. Trying to think how it is 16, 17, 18, 19. It was all it was almost five years till he really it was it was basically five seasons. Granted, one of them was the COVID year, but still five years until he really took the reins. So yeah, it it takes time. Soros it has not, it has so, not happened overnight. Soros had nine 
Whoops. Sorry about that. Soros had 19 starts in the 2016-17 season, so he basically had the Lankinen role behind yep. Pecorine. Put up great numbers, a .923 save percentage in his first full season as backup to Pecorine. A .923 save percentage and a 2.35 goals. I forgot how good he was his first year in the NHL. I was actually at that game. I remember the first game he played that year. And I saw him play. I'm like, wow, like we might have something going with him. Like I remember watching that game being like, wow, this is promising. Look, I mean, his years as backup to Pecorine were just absolutely insane. A 0.923 save percentage, a 0.925 save percentage the following year in 23 starts. A 0.915 save percentage the following year and a 0.914. Those are basically the numbers he's putting up right now. Yes. So we knew really quick that Soros was ready to take over for Rene, and he still is still he still served four years as the backup, the yeah. full time backup. The last year before he really took over for Pecorine, they kind of split the starts, if you remember correctly. Yeah, yes. And, and, and it, was, it was kind of that way the year before that as well. Yeah. So when it comes, Askarov could end up going down the similar path, and if that's the case, then you're definitely going to give Soros a contract extension, and you're going to be patient with Askarov and let him go the same path that Soros went, and then hopefully Askarov eventually gets to where his potential and where you want him to be. That that might be the long term plan right now yeah. for the for the Preds. And that's key. Like everything with with um, Iskarov has to be long term intentions. You cannot you cannot rush goaltenders. No. Like they they even even for a guy like Iskarov, who is one of the supposed best goaltender prospects we've seen, they still take time. They are it, it, it is a long development, and you just got to be okay with that. Got another commenter <laughs> from Facebook right now. Heard a rumor that Catfish are signing Ice Wallowcom from Czech Team Sparta. What do you make of that, Max? <laughs> I don't really know what he means by that. I'll be very honest. <laughs> <laughs> Heard, let me read this again. Heard a rumor that Catfish are signing Ice Wallowcom from Czech Team Sparta. I assume he's talking about us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for the comment, James. We appreciate it from Facebook. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. So that's who we're worried about. Let's get let's get to that. Um, let's get to our Stanley Cup teams that we would like yep. to see win the Stanley Cup if it's yep. not the Predators in 2024. Who do you got first, Max? I don't know. I'm trying to think because I had a few teams. I don't necessarily know any. Honestly, if I did, if if you put like a gun to my head right now and say you gotta pick one team, I'm gonna say the Rangers. Okay, I thought about the Rangers. They're a likable team. I'm gonna say the Rangers. I think they're a team that's that's really done it the right way. They they've been complete, and you know I think that that's a team right now who you know they they've been a contender for a few years now, and it seems like it's their time. And again, that there's absolutely no conflict of interest. I even have a few friends who are Rangers fans, so it'd be good to see them. Um, celebrated cup. So yeah, I'd say there. I'd say right now, if I had to pick one team that's not the Preds, I would say the Rangers would be the team I want to see go go all the way. 
I'm going with the Washington Capitals just because it'd be great. It'd be a great story to see Alex Ovechkin win the Stanley Cup. That would be cool. One I other mean, team I would – oh, sorry, you keep going. I didn't mean to interrupt No, no, no. I mean, not a lot for me to expand on there. It's just I've always respected Ovi and the way he plays. And, I mean, yeah, I think it'd be an amazing story for the NHL to see Ovechkin. And, if, and the Capitals aren't – they're in the top wild card spot right now, but definitely not a Stanley Cup contending team. Right. But if they somehow went on a hot streak and Ovechkin was just – showed his old form and was scoring big-time goals in the playoffs, I mean – it would just be like a blast from the past to see him dominate the playoffs and, and hoist the cup. So I'm going Capitals. That'd be a fun story to follow. One other team I was thinking of, and and I'm from Preds fans, I might catch some flack for this. And I will say this year they have not been all that great, but I would say another runner up for me would be the Carolina Hurricanes. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm I'm Why saying it. I said it. I'm I, I'm pretty much alone in the Preds fan base when I say this, but I've always kind of except if you take out that series from a few years ago, like I've actually kind of liked the Canes. I and it, I it probably plays into look because I went to college in North Carolina, so that kind of helps it a little bit. But I also I've also had a lot of respect for just how that team plays on the ice. I love I like Rod Brindamore a lot, and he's. Had, he's had a little bit of antics, but I like as a cocky coach, I like him a lot. He's you always like got Karen, his guys dialed like in. Brindamore? You like yeah. Karen Brindamore? As a at least as a hockey coach, as a pure hockey coach. <laughs> but I like again, pretty much everyone and Chad, you clearly disagree with me. And again, I'll I'll get tra- I'll take all the trash from Preds fans. I get it. But I, I I've had a lot of respect for the way that team plays, and I I enjoy watching, and again, I enjoy watching the Rod Brindamore coach that team and that's and that's a team also that's been contending for a while i'd like to see them get it done i, I would and again and i'm gonna be a little there but i would say the, the rangers are the teams i would want to see go all the way all right my my next one is not realistic at all but i would just love the nhl to lose its mind over it if it happened i'm gonna go arizona coyotes because how crazy <laughs> would it how crazy would it be if they had to host a Stanley Cup final home game in Mullet Arena in a college arena? That would be that that would be that would that would be cool. It'd be cool to see at least I, I maybe not cool, but is the right word, but like it'd be funny. It'd be funny, that's for sure. Plus you get Connor Ingram element to it. That's Connor a good Ingram. Story. That's a good I'm story. so happy for Connor Ingram to find yes. his home in Arizona. And let me tell you, we've already seen him a couple times this year. Arizona Coyotes, they're a fun team to watch. They are. I'm not saying they're going to win the Stanley Cup. It's a very unrealistic expectation, but they are in the second wild card spot right now. And I'm also being a little selfish with this pick because they were my hot take prediction going into the preseason as a team that could surprise everyone and definitely make the playoffs was my was the Arizona Coyotes. And so far, they're they're proved me right a little bit. They are in the second wild card spot right now. They they've made a big jump from last year, so. Not saying it's going to happen, but it would be both hilarious and one of the best underdog stories ever if the Coyotes somehow made the Stanley Cup. Absolutely, and sort of, and also another team I would not mind at all seeing all the way. I would love to see the Panthers, and it's probably not going to happen because the odds are so high, they're, they're so stacked against them. But to see them go back to the finals and get it done, you know, I was that was a team I was kind of worried about. Like, were they going to be the same this year? They're going to have a lot of changes. Was Sergei Bobrovsky 
going to be able to play because that I, I don't think that team could really win unless Bobrovsky was lights out. But they're they're sitting firm in a playoff spot right now. And I haven't seen the exact points, but I mean, they are they look like a team that's going to right now. It looks like they're definitely going to be back in the playoffs. Maybe okay, not. Maybe, eh, maybe not. De- maybe not. Definitely. Maybe not. Definitely. All right. Now, really quick, let's flip the script and pick one team out of every other team that we for sure as hell do not want to see win the Stanley Cup in 2024. Well, I'd say the Vegas Golden Knights again. I don't want to see that. That would be that would suck. I'm so sick that would of be them. Tough. But I think it's more about I think it's more about just me being um me being bitter about it because they're still so, like they just found instant success and it's just it makes you bitter. I'm going to go with the Toronto Maple Leafs. That would suck to having to hear from their fan base. I mean, I'm all the way down here in Central Florida, and I think if the if the Toronto Maple Leafs won the Stanley Cup, I would be able to hear their annoying fans all the way from here. Yeah, just go one literally one look on Twitter, and you're and you just want to get away. I I love the ability. To always know that the gift that keeps on giving is the Toronto Maple Leafs underperforming in the playoffs. I need to keep that. Yeah. I, wa- I don't want to lose that. Don't want to lose that. You know, you saw how crazy they went when they won the first round series finally last year. And of course, they're one of the proudest. They're, they're the original hockey town and the original hockey franchise and all this stuff. But I can't do it. I, I I cannot see them win the Stanley Cup this year. They're probably my top pick. To, to yeah, I don't want to see one. You know, and especially because I think of them this way, and I, I, I'm sure you can see this comparison, but it's not really thrown out a lot on Twitter anywhere. The Dallas Cowboys of the NHL. You can't see oh, a team definitely. like that win. And the, the New York Dallas Yankees Cowboys of the NHL. Or, the, or if you want to do the equivalent of baseball, the New York Yankees. Yeah. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to see them go all the way. Another team... I don't want to see go all the way. And and I will say this team has a, a former Pred who I like a lot, but just because they're my rival, I can't stand it. The Dallas Stars. I just don't want to see my rivals win. Well, you're unfortunately your nightmare might come true because I've that got that could very well come true. You're very they're much actually, right. They're my Stanley Cup pick. They're my Stanley Cup pick. So I don't know about I I don't trust I will say I don't trust Pete DeBoer led teams go all the way. I just don't. Hmm. I would be torn if it went if it was if it ended up being like a Dallas Stars Toronto Maple Leafs final. I would feel really dirty for doing oh. it, but I would go for the Dallas Stars. I, I would I couldn't do that. I, I go uh. for the Maple Leafs. I don't want to see the oh. Stars win it. Sorry, they're they're uh. another team. I will say I wouldn't be I wouldn't be like up in arms like saying oh my god this sucks, but like just because it's so soon because we had another expansion team win it. I don't want to see the Seattle Kraken win it this well, early. It's too soon. Not this year. You did mention the Coyotes, though, a little bit, so I have to account for it a little bit. It's not going to yeah, happen, probably, but... at least are a little further. They're in a playoff spot. You're right. But, again, the Kraken's one of those teams where it's, like, too soon. I mean, they're too, only separated by three points. They're only separated by three points, yeah. so... The Kraken yeah. could still get hot and make the playoffs, but they're underperforming. They, they've had a they down are. year so far. They were supposed to be a little bit better. Honestly, I think for the... And this kind of going off on a tangent here. I think for the, a team like the Kraken... I was really surprised that they they were a team that had a lot of they had draft picks to play with they had cap space and they did virtually nothing to improve their team in the offseason. I was surprised by that. All right, so we have a good segue coming from this who 
being all bitter here and not wanting certain teams to win the Stanley Cup this year. Jay Fresh, who's a great follow on um, on X at Jay Fresh Hockey, um, always puts out all these interesting surveys and he has the player cards and stuff that are so good. He put out each team's three most hated teams based on their fans. But based on how that team's fans, their top yep. three most hated teams. Yep. For the Predators, did you see this list yet, Max? I did not. So how about you take your guess for Preds fans who their three most hated teams were? I think I'm going to get them right. The St. Louis Blues, Chicago Blackhawks, and Dallas Stars. You only got one of the three right. I was surprised, you're, you're, too. You're kidding, right? I only got one of those? So the Blackhawks were rated the second most hated team. Okay. The first most hated team was the Maple Leafs. The third most hated team was the Carolina Hurricanes. <sighs> I could kind of see the Hurricanes. I mean, obviously, everyone kind of hates the Maple Leafs. You love them or hate them. But, man, I – no, no two teams in no two teams in hockey I hate more than the Blackhawks and Blues. I just don't. The, the Maple Leafs lead every team's top most hated team in over half the surveys done. That makes sense, I guess. But man, I only got uh, one of those see. right. That seems crazy to me. Some of the ones that stick out to me. Let's see. The Minnesota Wild, their most hated fan base or team is the Dallas Stars. No no surprise yeah, there. Wouldn't it be in the Minnesota North Stars? There's a lot of hate between those two fan bases. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. New Jersey Devils, their team, most hated team is the New York Rangers. Um, let's see. It's a lot of Maple Leafs on here. Let's see. The Sharks' most hated team is the Vegas Golden Knights. That one makes sense, honestly. All right, so Toronto gets all gets all this hate, but who's their most hated team by their fans? It's the Ottawa Senators. You know that does kind of make that does, because they that's the Battle of Ontario. Here's the here's I don't know how this happened. I don't know if this is a typo or how this is possible. But the Canucks, their third most hated team is the Canucks. <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. There was a strong amount of voters for the Canucks who picked their own team as their most hated team. That's awesome. <laughs> they they win. Great. Canucks fans win. That, no that is that. that's funny. That's hilarious. That is too good, actually. Very funny list there. And then Jay Fresh also put out the most annoying fan bases fan vote. And guess what? The Maple Leafs lead that category too. Wipe so apparently a lot of people do not like the Maple Leafs. Yeah, that's how close I guess I don't know if they were did other like second third. How how close were the um Edmonton Oilers in that list? Because I imagine so they're they, probably they did. They far. ranked all 32 teams. The Predators were 24th, so not yeah, very I'll hated. I'll take that. Um the let's see, the Oilers were third on this list, third most annoying seconds. The Ottawa Senators, which I don't really, I've never interacted with any Senators fans, Harley, so I couldn't tell no. you why. Uh, Rangers are up there, makes sense. Uh, New Yorkers, I get it. Uh, yeah. Canadians fans are up there. Uh, Bruins fans are up there. Flyers, I thought old Knights fans would be a little higher, they're only ninth, but um. The least annoying fan base, and it's probably because their poor team sucks so bad right now, and it sucked for a while. It's the San Jose Sharks. 
Yeah, and they, yeah, they have been bad for a few years. They 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 have. The, I remember their last really year of being a contender was 2019, and ever since then, they have been nowhere to be found. Yeah. So, um, good stuff there. Always love good polls like that. Absolutely. And then. Let's get to our poll question that we had to close out episode 214 of Catfish and Ice. That was what we said early on in the episode. Would you be embarrassed or how would you feel if the Preds rose a banner for winning an in-season tournament similar to what the Lakers just did? First of all, do you think that would work for hockey? Let's let's think about that for a second. It it would be it would be, it would be a weird look for sure and you know just me from being a Preds fan and like knowing what? there's kind of a stigma of related because we're the ones who kind of did it looking from, I, I think, I definitely think it'd be different for us than it'd be another team. Well, I, but, but for a second, think about this for a second. What if the NHL copied the NBA with this in in season tournament in like a group play type of setting, almost like the Olympics. So you'd have like a group a, a group B, a group C, and you wouldn't do it with division teams. You would do it with geographical rivals. So, like, you could put the Canes in a in a group with the Preds. You could put, sure. um, you know, you could do it that way. I think you could you could definitely do it more geography and not so much Eastern Conference, Western Conference, yeah. and divisions. So you could create some new rivalries through that, possibly. Yeah. Um, I think that'd be fun and cool idea for the NHL. But let's get to the poll question here. The three choices was no, I'd be embarrassed. Sure, that would be cool. Or only if Pecorine was there for the banner <laughs> ceremony. You know, I'm going to do, do the fun thing and say if Pekka was there, I'd be good with it. So 59% of the voters said no, they would be embarrassed if the Preds rose a regular season banner. Makes sense. For winning an in-season tournament. Only 11% said they'd be cool with it. 30% said only if Pecorine was there for the banner raising ceremony. You know, me personally, my, just hearing all the jokes and all the vitriol around it might my skin has honestly gotten so thick around it. Where like people make jokes about the banner stuff, I really don't care anymore. So honestly, I'll go the fun route and say if Pekka was there, why not do it? Yeah. Anytime you get to see Pekka back in Bridgestone Arena. Yeah. And I mean, we might as well embrace the banner jokes at this point. Yeah, honestly. If we can get another banner in Bridgestone Arena for winning an in-season tournament, sure. Why? Why not? Why not? Especially Pekka's there. Let's do it. Who cares? Let's do. All right, we are signing off here. Last episode before Christmas. We appreciate you all watching episode 214 of Catfish and Ice with Chad Minton and Max Greenberg. Big win for the Predators tonight. They're up to 19-14-0 on the season, still in the top wildcard spot going into the Christmas holiday. And then their next matchup, if I'm not mistaken, is the Dallas Stars. I will be there. Get ready for that one. Our next episode will be sometime after that, and we'll talk about that game. So until then, we hope you have a very Merry Christmas with your families. Enjoy it. Hope We hope you get everything you asked for this year from Santa Claus. And until then, take care, everybody. Stay safe. This has been Chad Minton and Max Greenberg, host of Catfish Nights Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Please hit subscribe below if you've watched on YouTube or hit the like button on Facebook or give us a follow on X. Take care, everybody. See you guys later.